Good morning. Uh, we have a very uh, interesting panel today to discuss large projects in Greece. Uh, infrastructure, the lack of, of uh, appropriate infrastructure was one of the causes of the Greek crisis that has not really been discussed. And addressing this uh, is one of the ways of accelerating uh, or a key way of accelerating growth in Greece. Um, legend has it that uh, a reporter had asked uh, John Dillinger why he robbed banks, and he uh, replied, uh, because that's where the money is. So I'll start with the bankers uh, for an extra reason that uh, the Greek systemic banks played a key role in sustaining the major projects during the crisis at the time when uh, the banks themselves were uh, in life support. Uh, we have here Vasilis Skaramouzis from LBG and Nikos Nizeritis from Alpha. Uh, they will focus respectively on energy and uh, on all the other projects, not, not because they specialize on, on either of that, but just uh, to, uh, to separate the work. Uh, I'll start with Vasilis. Uh, traditionally, when energy markets sneezed, uh, the Greek economy used to uh, get pneumonia. Now we're trying to, uh, uh, to change this radically so that uh, energy becomes a strong point rather than a weak point for the Greek economy. So, Vasily. Thank you very much and thank you for the organizers for uh, inviting me. Uh, before I go into energy, a point about large projects. Large projects in Greece are happening and will continue to happen for four main reasons. We have a government that is creating a backdrop that is exactly what an investor wants when choosing where to invest their money. We have willing investors that are following this theme. And I must straight, we talk a lot about the foreign direct investment, which is very important. But we must stress that we have many Greek investors that had risked a lot of money and taking massive risks throughout the crisis, and we don't talk about that enough. We have an RRF program that we need to acknowledge is extremely successful. It is easy, it is user-friendly, people are loving it, it is easy to use, and it is fast. That's the one thing we're not good at in this country. It is fast. And finally, you have banks that are well-capitalized, liquid. We have higher teams that can actually work on any project you like across sectors, so the stars are aligned. Now, the energy sector and energy transition applies basically to all sectors, as the energy value chain is nowadays the foundation of the entire economy. If you look at the National Energy and Climate Plan, 44 billion of investments are expected by 2030 in climate-related infrastructure and assets, with more than 80% being energy-related. These investments, will, these investments will facilitate the energy autonomy of Greece with the goal of establishing the country as an energy hub in the wider region. The three main pillars of this strategy are the development of electricity storage and transmission networks, natural liquid, liquefied gas networks, and of course, renewable, renewable energy production and all technologies related to that. I want to mention a few major projects that our bank has been involved in, but there are many more. FSRU in Alexandropolis. 
This is an EU project of common interest, the FSRU, near the port of Alexandroupolis. It is a major infrastructure project related to the supply of Greece and southern eastern Europe with natural gas. Its importance is underscored by the value and financial strength of its shareholders, Damco, DEPA, DESFA, Gaslog, Bulgar Transgas. It's budgeted at half a billion and it's expected to be completed in early 2024. Connected to the national natural gas system through mostly underwater pipeline, it can temporarily store up to 154,000 cubic meters and gasify 5.5 billion cubic meters annually. Pivotal in limiting the regional dependence of Russian, infra, of Russian gas, achieving synergies with other cross-border infrastructures such as TAP, the Greek-Bulgarian, Greek-Romanian, Bulgarian-Serbian pipelines, it helps in reducing carbon emissions towards complete delignitization by 2050. Staying in, in Alexandropolis and showing how a, a city's fortunes can be totally transformed through investment, the CCGT of Alexandropolis, located in the industrial area, a state-of-the-art combined cycle gas turbine plant with a capacity of 840 megawatt, is expected to be constructed by 2025. This is an investment of 600 million made again by an extremely important group of investors, PPC, DEPA, and Damco Energy. It will greatly contribute to the country's electrical system adequacy, providing reliable base load during the transition stage from the lignitization. Again, this is another investment that for Alexandrupoli will be very important, creating jobs and helping the local community. In res, the investments, I'm sure you all know, are coming from everywhere and are of great importance. Just recently, we have financed two very important projects, 547 Energy and Cafireas by Yekterna, with respective capacities of 417 megawatt and 330 megawatt, which constitutes 6.3% of the targeted NCP's installed capacity increase, increase. Very big numbers. This will be responsible for more than 1.8 million tons of CO2 emission avoidance, significantly affecting the clean energy mix. I would also like to mention uh, another transformation, uh, transformational project in RES, uh, PPC Renewables and RVE in the decommissioned lignite uh, mined area of Kozani, a 730 megawatt development. These are massive numbers. Uh, now, we talk about investments in energy, we must talk about storage. The, I think the biggest example we have is the pump storage project of Amphilochia. Massive budget of 650 million, a Greek investor behind it again, 680 megawatt capacity. In terms of energy storage, this is by far the biggest project, and we can all agree it is by far the most viable technology for storage we have today. Now, looking into the future, and I'll close here. I must mention, we mentioned interconnection, interconnection with foreign countries, the Greggy Interconnection Grid. It is one of the most important energy projects in our future potential pipeline. This is a project developed by the Copelusos Group that has already won the support of both Greece, Egypt, and the European Commission. The project is budgeted at 4.2 billion and will directly connect uh, Egypt with mainland Greece without intermediate supply points 
via submarine electricity cable with bidirectional power transmission. What's even more important, there will be another nearly 10 billion of investment in 9.5 giga, and the investment will be made primarily by Greek interests on the, in Egypt. This is going to be cheap energy that will be coming to our country. That will be coming to our country. This positive dimension of Greggy is further enhanced if one takes into account the use of the energy transferred. One third will be consumed by Greek families and Greek industry. One third will be exported to neighboring countries in the EU, and one third be used in Greece for the production of green hydrogen, with the largest amount of this hydrogen being exported to neighboring countries. So I'll stop here. There's so much more to talk about, but I respect the time. Uh, Nico, uh, what sure. about transportation, real estate, all sure. the other sectors? It's okay. Uh, uh, yes, uh, indeed. I think it, it was mentioned in the previous panel that it's a huge gap in, the, in, in investments in Greece. Typically, such investment gap is captured by uh, uh, investments in infrastructure, transport, all this kind of stuff. So we have projects that are transforming our economy that are stemming from privatizations. For instance, you have the regional airport privatization, Ernathia privatization, so the very large projects are transforming the country in transportation. Um, you have the uh, projects that are stemming from concession and PPP schemes. I think it was mentioned a very large, ambitious PPP program. We hope that it will run fast and that will uh, deliver uh, uh, on time. And, um, and of course, you have the publicly financed projects, the typical uh, projects that the state is uh, uh, doing. What we like in these projects that are either privately financed or concession-based finance is that you know, they put a, a discipline and you know, typically because you get paid of the operation and maintenance of such projects. And this is a very key component that transforms the country. Um, also, you have many industrial investments, infra-related, like a very important project for Elas Gold that Paul will mention, but also many infrastructure-related industrial investments that you typically we don't pay that much attention, like the environmental projects that uh, cement industry, refineries are doing a very, very important project that transforming the country and the economy. In the renewables and interconnections, most probably, I don't need to mention too many things. Facilities capture it very thoroughly. But this is very important uh, uh, plan. Also, something that is typically is not infra, but is infra in science, is uh, urban regeneration projects. You have projects like the Piraeus Tower, the Softex uh, regeneration. They're quite important projects because they're transforming not the economy mainly, but the local community which are very important projects. Um, a, a sector that we are lighting when we're quite behind is the digital infrastructure projects. Uh, in digital infra, Greece is one of the lowest countries in Europe, but currently we see projects that are coming out. You have private investors doing uh, fiber uh, rollouts, uh, data centers that are underway, so we'll have also very good projects in this sector as well which is a sector that will transform the uh, country's image. But for, for me, the most important is not to you know, pay attention to peculiar and you know, uh, uh, specific projects. I think we, we mentioned uh, a very good range of uh, projects that are uh, doing very good, uh, 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 helping Greece in the, uh, in the new era. But what's quite important is the, that the economy and the investors' universe is changing. It has been more institutionalized especially in the energy that Vasilis mentioned, 
10 years ago, most of the investors were local investors. Currently, the majority is international investors, financial sponsors investors. Even PPC has financial sponsors in their shareholders' base. Um, in the uh, local players, for instance, you see that for instance, two very large local players, Yekterna and Mytilineos, they have been transferred to large conglomerates that can bid and be awarded projects outside of Greece. Uh, Yekterna is a leader in the uh, infraspace in Greece in the in, in transport sector, which is quite important to have a local leader. And, uh, and why is that? You, you can see that also that is depicted in the structures these companies are being financed. The access capital markets for debt financing, which is a completely almost unknown or very limited world for these players, uh, who have too many debt issues in the uh, uh, stock exchange for debt financing that are used to finance infra projects. Uh, we have structural finance that has penetrated the market significantly over typical corporate lending. And this, so both capital markets and structural finance, they're put more discipline on these sponsors, and, on the, on the, uh, and also you can have a guarantee that these infrastructure investments will be delivered either on time or structure that can handle uh, difficulties. You know, Alexander, very <laughs> from uh, first hand, what was the problems during the crisis for the uh, motorways uh, restructurings and refinancings, that I think the structure helped this project to go on. And, and also that's why I think it's the RRF RRF is going very well, it's a, uh, I would say, uh, fantastically, for two reasons. Mainly, it's a smart idea from the, local, from the Greek government to subcontract the lending of the RRF to the Greek banks because they are ready to, made to uh, do such business. But the most important is the previous topic, I think. The investors, both local and international, are ready-made to uh, attract such funds. So there are institutional investors, financial sponsors, investors, and very uh, good uh, uh, large local investors. So I think the Greek economy and the Greek infrastructure space is transforming not only in part, you know, in essence of such projects, but also of the players that they take part on this. Thank you very much. I'll now turn uh, to uh, Grigoris Dimitriadis, the CEO of the Growth Fund. Uh, the Growth Fund started out as something pretty controversial in Greece, seen as a way effectively for Greece to pledge its jewels to its international uh, lenders. Now, uh, under Grigoris' leadership, uh, the Growth Fund is proving to be uh, exactly what, what, what its name says, uh, uh, a, a tool for growth. So, uh, would you like to start by explaining to the audience what the Growth Fund is, and in particular, uh, the new plan for, a, for an infrastructure fund within the, uh, an investment fund in the, within the Growth Fund. Yes, uh, thank you. <coughs> thank you very much uh, for the invitation, uh, Mr. Uh, Bornozis and the organizers. And um, yes, um, Growth Fund has started uh, uh, as Alexander says, as, uh, at a very difficult period for Greece, and it has been uh, rather controversial uh, up to now. And the reason is that uh, uh, this was uh, an entity that it was um, uh, imposed by our creditors, by uh, the European institutions, instead of 
like uh, most other countries in the world have done to create it by themselves. So, <clears throat> uh, so the fact is that uh, now uh, this started with the connotation that we have a selection of state-owned enterprises. This is, includes the majority share of uh, power company PPC. It has uh, uh, the postal services, LTAM. It has uh, the wholesale uh, food markets of OGA and CAF. It has, um, uh, it has a fund called Festos for 5G. Um, the Corinth Canal, uh, the Greece's airports, uh, and uh, also for Venezuela we, we have 25%. And uh, of course we also have uh, in our portfolio TAIPED, which is uh, Greece's uh, privatization agency, and uh, ETAD, which has a significant part of the real estate. Now, the idea uh, is that, uh, is it to just have all these assets somewhere and we go out and sell them? No. The idea is like any proper uh, sovereign wealth fund that we aspire to become, to increase the value of these assets. And to do that, what we must do is uh, to have a good and sound corporate governance, good management, uh, we monitor all these companies with very strict uh, KPIs uh, on a monthly basis. And um, it has been, um, over the years, uh, we have seen uh, an improvement. We increased actually the asset uh, value by 23.6%. So this is working. And of course, it is uh, important to say that in these uh, agencies, uh, there has been... Um, we have, and PPC is a prime example of where it was four years ago and where it is now, um, from being almost bankrupt to uh, now being able also to acquire uh, an El Romania and so on. And, uh, and, and this shows that if you uh, have very specific goals, you monitor them correctly, uh, you, and um, you have meritocracy, this can actually uh, bring a lot of results and unlock uh, what we have as a, a public value. Now, as a, although we have uh, some, uh, uh, the value of our asset base is uh, around 5.5 uh, billion, then uh, we didn't have the investment part uh, cultivated. But uh, what we have taken as a decision and uh, as a board of directors, our chairman Costas Derdemezis and Stefanos Jurelis, our deputy CEO, is also somewhere around, but also Xenia Gazzoli, who sits on our supervisory board. So all of us, it was a collective decision that we have to become active shareholders on these companies, but also uh, mobilize the uh, investment uh, Function because from our founding law, it was included that we should have all the ben all the um, uh, uh, dividends that we have and the profits that we make uh, from uh, our group of companies that we should reinvest in the Greek uh, economy, a part of it at least. So uh, this uh, this is, was approved by our shareholder, which is the Ministry of Finance, uh, uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, to go a step further, um, uh, the Minister of National Economy and Finance 
Kostis Hadzidakis announced uh, about a week ago that we will also uh, create a proper fund, so to become a proper sovereign wealth fund, which is a national uh, investment fund uh, that will primarily focus uh, on uh, uh, green infrastructure. And the idea is uh, uh, it's, uh, very simple. It's exactly what uh, other sovereign funds are doing uh, the, in, uh, in Spain or in uh, 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 the more famous ones, the Norwegians and the Emiratis and so on, the Singaporeans, is to uh, be able to um, invest in the private uh, uh, sector and uh, actually become enablers of these investments. So, as uh, if someone wants uh, to um, uh, invest in Greece, they can have a local partner. So, one of the local partners that they can have, it can also be a growth fund. And the reason is that it has some um, advantages, which are that we are state, we serve the public uh, interest, which is both financial results, but uh, also um, uh, the social aspect uh, uh, this, that we must have and uh, protection of the environment. So, so we have this, but at the same time we are not um, um, directly government controlled. Uh, in the sense that we have independence in our business decision-making, and this is actually even guaranteed by the fact that we have uh, a supervision by uh, the European institutions that do not get involved in the business decision, but they make sure that the processes are uh, uh, the right ones. And this is what can build trust with others, so to attract the Canadian, so the Canadian pension funds and so on, this is something that it works. So, yes, this is the, uh, the, the that's what also the fund we, we, so we will create uh, in the first half of the next year, probably the first quarter of the next year. It's going to be a subsidiary of us and it's hopefully it will collaborate with um, uh, uh, the banks and Anyway, we are something that is complementary in the sense that our advisors, uh, BlackRock, they have identified that uh, uh, there has been, uh, there is still an investment gap and we can also uh, help this to uh, fulfill it along with what we have at RRF, we have uh, uh, the banking system, uh, structural funds and so on. Thank you very much, Gregory. I'll now turn to uh, our firefighter, Paul, because uh, you know the definition of the fire firefighter is somebody who rushes to the fire when everybody is running away. So uh, Eldorado Gold uh, took the decision to, to invest in Greece when uh, everybody was, was leaving and to invest in a sector where its predecessor, the, the one who tried to, uh, uh, to develop uh, the same Scurries project, became bankrupt because they couldn't get environmental licenses, or actually their environmental licenses were annulled. So how did you take that decision, and how did you succeed where, where the others failed? Thanks, Alexander. Um, you know, it's, it's very exciting to be here today. Eldorado Gold, through its subsidiary Hellas Gold, is one of the largest foreign direct investors in Greece at the moment. And it's an incredibly exciting time to be involved in a company that 
is looking to mine gold and base metals and also copper in Greece. You know, Greece has at the moment, it's estimated in, in northern Greece alone, $72 billion worth of minerals that could be exploited. Uh, and these, these are minerals that can mean that Greece can continue to take uh, its place front and center in the European economy for, for many, many, many years to come. Now, when Alex and I were talking about why Greece a few weeks ago, I said to him, it isn't why Greece, it's why now. Um, you know, it's not because gold and base metals have suddenly appeared in Greece. Our geologists tell us they've been there for millions of years. Um, it's not because, it's not just because the economy is one of the leading economies in Europe at the moment. In fact, El Dorado and Hellas Gold have invested close to 1.2 billion euros in Greece over the last 10 years, principally in our operating mine at Olympias. It's why now, because of the partnerships that we've been able to put together. The Scurious Mine, which um, is a billion dollar investment for El Dorado, is going to produce something like 140,000 ounces of gold and 67 million pounds of gold every year from 2026 onwards for the next 20 years. So why was now the right time for El Dorado uh, to put its money and to commit its shareholders' funds to Greece? Well, firstly, it was our partnership with the state. The state of Greece is demonstrating that it's concerned about consistency for investors. It's concerned about efficiency, getting permits, getting leases uh, put in place so companies can deliver their businesses in a timely and efficient manner. Secondly, it's financing. Working together with our leader rangers at the National Bank of Greece and at Piraeus, we were able to put together an award-winning, groundbreaking financing package for close to a billion dollars that secured the investment in the Scurious Mine a financing package that combined both commercial debt and a contribution backed by the state and the European Union through the RRF funds. Secondly, the European Bank of Reconstruction and Development was so interested in our environmental and sustainability uh, uh, processes that we put in place for putting the Scurious Mind together that they've also taken an equity position in our company, directing their investment straight to Scurious to help with getting that project over the finishing line. The last thing I want to mention is around community. The communities in which we operate in Greece, they want us there. They want us investing. In Halkidiki, we estimate that we've created, both indirectly and directly, close to 5,000 jobs. And Scurious will produce another 12 to 1,400 permanent jobs, uh, both through the construction phase and into its long-term development. The community is where we invest. We invest in projects to support the cultural heritage. We invest in education. We invest in infrastructure. And that means we're a partner with the community. And so why now for Greece? Well, because we have partners in the community we have partners in the financing and we have partners in the state. And we see those partnerships as long-term, as important, uh, and it's where we want to be investing our money. And I have to tell you, it's an incredibly exciting time to be investing in Greece right now. Apart from debt, we also need equity. Less than debt in these projects, but we still need equity. And uh, Alexander Argyros and, and his team have been crucial uh, in bringing equity investors uh, in Greece. So uh, 
Uh, I'd like to give the floor of Argyros uh, uh, to, to Alexander uh, to discuss this aspect, also mindful of time because we're, we're about to run out. I'll, I'll try and be uh, short and sweet here because I think a lot of the answer has already been covered by the previous four speakers of this panel and also the previous panels. And, and I think, you know, you can, even in this conference, you can see the difference compared to the last 10 or 12 similar conferences where we're speaking what's wrong, what needs to be fixed, what do we need to see for projects to get off the ground. Um, and now, uh, this panel alone has brought up three times how helpful the government is in getting projects done. Uh, we heard that they're fast, we've heard that they're partners, we've heard that they're investing versus firefighting. We have uh, you know, both sides of the firefighting equation here. Um, and, and all those things are things that you need in order to bring equity into the country, especially when you're talking about equity from outside of Greece. Uh, people that do not have to invest in Greece, but they will invest in Greece because they want to and because it's the right thing for them to do. Um, so by being consistent, by being prudent, as Mr. Nazaritis mentioned before, um, you create the, the foundations for investors like Eldorado, like other strategics that have invested in Greece in recent times from both the EU and from abroad, financial sponsors, infrastructure funds, uh, to start deploying capital in Greece as well. So it, it's not a single aspect or a single uh, part of, of the economy of the, or the investment process that needs to be fixed. It's the whole package. And then you enable those investments to come into Greece. And you just have to create the right circumstances for partnership with the local communities, with the banks, with the government. All of those things are must-haves for any foreign investor to deploy capital into the country. We are fortunate enough to have, I'll use the word a little bit liberally, discovered a lot of very sizable and interesting projects in the country. And I say, you know, discovered, those projects have been there, but the circumstances were not there for, for us to take advantage of it. And they span many different industries. Renewables, infrastructure are two that are, you know, kind of easier to identify and everybody speaks about. Real estate is another one. Um, I think in parallel, you know, there's, there's the biggest urban regeneration project that's being discussed in the Linicon in the room next door. Um, but there's a lot more projects um, that people wouldn't think about investing in Greece for. Um, gold is, 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 is uh, among the primary of those. Um, so in order to wrap it up and being respectful of the time, I think there's a lot of appetite and there's a lot of room for foreign investors, foreign equity to come into the country. Come into the country both as strategic partners, as equity investors, come in through the capital markets. We saw that and we discussed it in the previous panels. Um, and I think it's only up to all of us in this room and all the people in Greece to be able to maintain those funnels and keep them open and attract investors. The banks are going to be there to support it. The government's going to be there to support it. The whole nexus of advisory, legal, uh, financial advisory is there to support foreign investors. It's just a matter of being able to explain um, the merits of investing in Greece, showing how it can be done, um, and, and really enabling all these uh, foreign investors to come to Greece. So um, it's already happening. It happened in much tougher times. So now we just have to be diligent, consistent, prudent, um, and, and help this foreign partner capital come into the country. Uh, is there a step change going from um, uh, investors in listed stock to having uh, 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 investors uh, in equity of projects that are not listed and therefore not, not, not as liquid? 
Yeah, th there's, there's a big difference uh, between the two types of investments. Um, it takes a very different type of investor to, to invest in listed equities or in private um, projects or companies. Um, but fundamentally, the underlying criteria are the same. They need to see consistency. They need to see value. They need to see risk that they can quantify and are not binary. Um, and they need to see that they're also welcome in the country and that people are facilitating those investments. So um, fundamentally, it's the same principles. But ultimately, it's very different types of investors. And we are at the stage in, in, in the life cycle of the Greek economy where we can and we are attracting both types. Um, it's not easy to maintain that position, but we, it's all of our collective job and duties to make sure that that continues happening. Because successful investments bring more investors, they bring more investments, they bring more projects, they bring more growth. And at the end of the day, they bring you know, a better, better uh, days ahead for, for the broader uh, community. Thank you very much, and I'd like to thank all the panelists. I hope the audience found this, uh, this interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you.